Guys, we are in a vision series at the moment, and it's just a small two-part mini-series where we're focused on vision. So last week I was the first part, today's the, the second part. And vision, it's something that's important to share because it reminds us who we are and it reminds us where we're going, okay? That it's not just some haphazard, hey, let's come to church on a Sunday and what, what's this thing doing? But actually we're on a journey somewhere. And last week, as well before sharing, before sharing about vision, I actually shared some other stuff. I shared a couple of high-level statements that kind of touched on areas of why, a statement of like why we exist in Hong Kong and a statement of a to-be statement, okay, for Hong Kong, which I'll share in a minute. And also, I shared seven core values of who we are as a church, things that we are now, not things that we're kind of aspiring to be or, or, or on a journey to, but just who we are as a church. So I'm going to reiterate them. I'm going to share them again. I know some of you guys who were here last week, it would just be grounding it deeper. For some of you guys, it's going to be, it's going to be new. And also, I shared last week why we have these kind of vis- this thing of vision and these high-level statements, and particularly, particularly with vision, is that it helps to inform what we do. You know, we're not just some, God's called us here, put us here, we've got a purpose and we're moving forward. We're not just to do any kinds of random good things. That it, it is, it informs what we do. It helps us stay focused as a church body, as a church congregation. It gives us parameters in a sense in which to operate. A bit like you pour concrete super strong, right? You can build amazing things out of concrete, but if you just pour it, boom, it just makes a big splat on the ground, a hard splat, right? But if you put the boards in, you can make a wall that you can build incredibly strong things. And vision are a bit, is a bit like the boards that we have there. So, Why do we exist? This is the statement that we said last week. We exist because Hong Kong needs spirit-powered, gospel-revealing, kingdom-minded, disciple-making local churches that plant churches. I just want to encourage you guys, if that kind of catches you, Go back and listen to the kind of the past four, four messages. There's a number of things that we touch on in that. The Acts 29 at the end of our Acts series, Acts 29, um, part one, two, and three, touches on elements of this. And also last week touches, I go into a bit more detail on this as well. And then this high level kind of to be statement is to be an authentic, relevant, and significant church that sees the kingdom come in Hong Kong, Asia, and beyond. So remind some of you guys and tell some of you guys, so authentic, to break that down a bit, authentic speaks to who, how we are, right? It speaks to that we are authentic people. I joked last week, I said sometimes some of you guys are too authentic, right? But that we have an authentic relationship with God. It's, not, it's real. We don't the Christian fluff, you know, that we kind of come in here, pretend everything's okay, and then go out and live a completely different life or something like that. But actually, Monday back to the follow Monday, we're living this authentic Christian life, that people come into this place and they see a group of people who have a real, authentic, powerful relationship with God Almighty. Sure, people are on a journey, but we're on a journey into that place, not to build a, an amazing building or extend some kind of church empire, but a group of people growing and going deeper into him. Relevant, okay, relevant speaks to engaging culture. It speaks to being contemporary. 
the, actually the people that we're reaching, the, the, the in the Saikan community, in the Hong Kong community, anywhere we go, we're relevant. We're not irrelevant. That actually, as a church, people outside the church see the stuff that we do and who we are as actually, maybe not always 100%, but as important and dealing with things that are relevant, that we engage with people in a relevant way. And significant, lastly, that one, penultimately, significant. It speaks to our impact, okay? It speaks to our impact as a church. We're not interested in just kind of going along and starting something that doesn't have an impact, doesn't see the kingdom come, doesn't see the world transformed. We want to be a church that is significant for the people in the church, but that's also significant for the people outside the church. We want to make a significant, even if they never come into the church, even if they don't come to church, we want to bring the goodness of God to our communities, wanting to be significant in seeing things shift, seeing the kingdom come. We, we want to make a significant impact in Hong Kong, Asia, and beyond. So we want to be a church that if suddenly, like that overnight, we disappeared, the city would hurt. It would be like losing a limb. It would be like, oh man, I wish those guys hadn't gone. That actually it's that effective. It's that, it's that, that much of an impact in the city. The loss would be felt. And then lastly is see the kingdom come. That's maybe in that statement. It's the largest part of that statement. The largest, most all-encompassing part of that because it speaks first and foremost of being focused on the king. You can't see the kingdom come unless your primary focus is on the king to be focused on the presence of the king and coming into his presence. It speaks of this thing sozo. So when we speak of salvation, actually the Greek word so, sozo there, it's not just eternal life, but it's healing. It's this fullness of life. We want to see people saved. We want to see people coming into church, coming into the kingdom of God, having a relationship with God. We want to see the gospel preached, but we want to see people healed. We want to see lives transformed. We want to see the wholeness and that, that fullness of life in God coming back to people, that abundant life in God. It speaks of, and this is a phrase they use a lot in Destiny Edinburgh, speaks of the lost one and the one winning. That's winning in life. It speaks of people making Christ their king, their ultimate king, and living these kingdom-minded lives. It speaks of people moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. When we see the kingdom come, moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. It speaks of peace coming, and ultimately, remember it says this, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit coming and filling the city and beyond, wherever we go. And then last week, I also shared these seven values. These values, just these are what we are. This is something we hold dear now, not something we're aspiring to become. They're pursuing the presence Pursuing the presence of God, this priority on intimacy with the King. You'll hear that time and time and time again, because it's all about Him. That we'd be, that we'd value that, gospel-centered. That when we preach, we're preaching Christ. We're preaching, preaching the cross. That we're seeing people come into that fullness of life, that sozo life, generous-hearted. I shared a lot last week about how generous so many of you guys are. Just now, I've been completely blown away. The, just the generosity we've seen through the church to each other, to us, to people outside the church. It's awesome. And this was something actually put on my heart prior to even coming here about who we would be as a church. And then courageous radical faith. The church was born 
out of this kind of thing of radical faith where Jess and I got on the plane, there was no job, there was no things answered, right? And we just came. And it's kind of grown through those kind of things, jump, jumping out and just going for it. And I, lo- I shared a lot last week about, I love just some of your stories and you guys putting yourselves in different positions where it's like, God, if God doesn't come through for, for me on this, I'm trusting God on this more than what the world says. I'm trusting God on this more than even what common sense says. God's got to come through for me on this. And there's a radicalness about that. And for us as a church, it can be easy to do it when you have nothing, okay? Which is kind of where we're at in some senses at the moment, you know, because we're new and we're starting. It can be easy to be like, oh, it's radical. But I want it to be part of our heart. I feel God's calling us to make it a deep value of us so that even when we've got a million in the bank, right? At the moment, to get a building that's a million or something like that, it's like crazy. It's, it's a long way away. But when we've got a million in the bank, you know, getting a building or something like that, that's, or doing something that's half a million, it's easy. You can just do it. But I think in that place, God will be challenging us to do the thing that's a billion, you know, go always stretching ourselves so that we're not ever relying on our own resources or ability, but always relying on him, stepping out in, in ways whereby however big we get, right, into a place which is, God, if you don't catch us, we're going to fall. Relationship treasuring. This is deep within us, our DNA, that we treasure relationships. Authenticity, I spoke to that a little bit, that we're authentic, that you come in here and that you can be real. That it's not a place you've got to pretend, but it's a place you can be real. And then lastly, this value of loving the local church. We love the local church. We're here because we love the local church. We never speak bad about any church. We love the church. So guys, if you missed it, I speak a bit more into those things in last week's sermon. So when it's up, you can, you can get into that. I'm now going to turn and really focus on vision. Our vision as church can be summed up in two words, okay? Family and harbour. This vision is a narrative. It's a story, really, of who we are and who we are becoming. So there's different ways people and church maybe look at vision. For us, like vision is not a five-year plan. It's not a 10-year plan. It's not a set of goals and objectives or something like that, although we will have that, and I'll share some stuff later. Our vision speaks about who we are and who we're becoming. In some ways, it's like a, a, it's a feeling. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a culture. It is the story of who we are. It's this big journey that we're on together. It's the very thing that Jesus is calling us into. And so I just want to remind you, because I said this last week, don't think of Destiny Church Hong Kong as James and Jess's church and James and Jess's vision for their church. This is Destiny Church Hong Kong. I didn't choose to come here to do this. He called us to come here. He gave us a word and said, come and do it. And we were just obedient that this is his vision for his church. And we just got on board with it. And that's where we're going. And that's what we invite you to get on board, not to build this thing that I kind of feel I should do with my time, but to come on board and journey in his vision. Last week, we focused on family. So we've got family and harbor. This week, we're in harbor. Last week, we focused on family. And just to highlight a few things for you guys who weren't here, that's the key takeaways from last week. And the core of that vision of family is that we are the family of God, that we are the family of God dwelling in the presence of God and actually understanding our identity of what it means, and we, we sung about that, right, what it means to be a child of God, that that then impacts everything else that we do. 
It impacts everything else that we do. It puts us in the right position to be the kind of physical church family community that God would have us be, where we see each other, not maybe as we deserve to be seen or as you would naturally see somebody, but we see each other through the eyes of God. And that's a journey. It's going to let us see our identity correctly as well within the wider community. Because it's easy, right, when we're going along with stuff to see ourselves as just another organization that does some good stuff. But we're not. We're the family of God here in this location, right? With a mandate from heaven to live and be in a certain way, to pour the light of heaven into the world. We want to be a church that has a significant impact in Hong Kong. And we're only going to do that, that thing of significance, we're only going to do that when we ultimately understand that it comes from being in his presence first and foremost, and that it's impacted completely by our identity. If we see our identity as the family of God inaccurately, we're going to live differently. We shared as well one thing from last week, just to do with family, moving into more practical stuff is I really feel that a pillar, one thing that we're going to be known for as a church as we grow is our impact into people's families, impact into relationships, particularly God's very heavy on my heart about children, young people, but also impact in relationships, marriage, parenting, adoption, all these kind of things. And so if you want to know more about that, listen to last week, but today we're going to focus on, on harbour. Okay, I'm going to share a story that I shared last week, which was um, before we left the UK, this is kind of how Harbour came about, before we left the UK, we were pretty much advised that don't leave the UK unless you really know God's sending you, okay? Don't leave until you get a word. And we, we had it, we'd been given a few words and one of the Destiny conferences, a guy called Liam Smith, he oversees all the work in Europe. He's very prophetic and he stood up and he said, Destiny Church, Hong Kong, I've got a word for you. I feel God saying that you're gonna be like a fragrant harbor in the city pouring forth the fragrance of God. And so, obviously, if you live here, we know what Hong Kong means, or many of you guys do, and so, which means fragrant harbor. And we went up to him afterwards and said, hey, do you, do you, do you know what Hong Kong means in Cantonese? And he said, no, like, no, I've no idea. What, what does it mean? It, what's it mean? It means fragrant harbor. So I was just like, it's an amazing moment. At that time, it was such a confirmation that, okay, God's saying, go. Go to Hong Kong. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. Go to Hong Kong. And actually, as we've been here, uh, and it's kind of, as God's spoken to us a lot more about that word, and it has become this second part of the vision where it's this metaphorical picture of who God's calling us to be as a church. And so I just want to share that picture with you. If you're into your metaphors, get your metaphor hat on, because I'm not going to go through every single uh, as we go through it. But imagine seeing church life through this picture that I share. If you just imagine a harbour, and take this for yourself, especially if this is part of, if you're saying, I am part of Destiny Church Hong Kong, if this is your home, okay, if this is your home church, picture this as a, and take hold of it and uh, internalize this as I share. So picture this, it's dusk, okay, it's dusk, it's twilight. The lights along the front of this harbor, like the promenade, they're beginning to come on, there are people there, they're walking up and down. It's this place of life, it's this place of activity, it's a place of industry, it's a place of living. There's this tavern that's there, 
you know, like a, a gathering point. There's this tavern that's there and there's a window. There are these windows and golden light is just coming out from the windows. And the door opens a little bit and this music and laughter and singing and joy just come come out and they're, they're heard from within. And where th- this harbor vision, whenever I think of it, it always starts in this place. It always starts at that, at that tavern this place of meeting and it always starts in this place of this family fellowship this harbor vision and everything i'm going to share from now on all the various things that we can draw out of it it all flows as family first and foremost being in the presence of god being in the presence of god a lot of stuff i share we could just do in our own effort and strength but if we don't do it from the presence of god we may do the wrong things and we won't do it to the, to the way that he would want it done, the magnitude he'd want it done. So we've said our highest value is the pursuit of his presence. And I just want to touch on that, that it's not about, so it depends on everyone's background and stuff. It's not about feeling tingly and coming to a room and crying and falling over. Although, you know, sometimes that stuff happens. It's fine, right? But it's because we want more and more and more of him we're passionate about him not an experience not for the spectacular but because we love god we want to discover him or we want to go deeper into relationship with him that the relationship that we treasure the most it is that we treasure that relationship with him but also it's from the presence of god where we're most effectively sent it's from the presence of god where we most effectively operate if you think about moses the whole of Israel, like Israel's history, right? where does it start? It starts where Moses setting the people free, the exile, everything coming back, getting to the promised land. It doesn't start with Moses suddenly just thinking, hey, I'm going to do this. You know, it starts at the burning bush, or at least effectively, it starts at the burning bush, where he's in the presence of God. And from the presence of God, God calls him out to bring transformation to the world. God calls the disciples right, from the presence of Jesus they're sent out into the world. And in fact, Jesus even promises, I will be with you until the very end of the age, that it is from the presence of God that we've got to operate. So hold that, hold that close. Being close to God and pursuing him is essential. So that harbor vision, it can be lived out in our own strength, in our own ideas, in our own drives, the things that we'd love to do, or it can be lived out of a place where all these things, all the stuff I'm about to share, are coming out of us being in the presence of the Almighty. So important that we live in the latter. Important for you guys in your personal lives that you live in the latter. So the lights of the tavern are shining. Go back to your picture. The lights of the tavern are shining. There are people walking up and down the promenade. They're just enjoying being in that place. They're just loving being in this harbor. I said it's a place of industry. Harbors where the fishing fleet is moored. And there, there are fishing boats there moored up in the harbor. And fishing boats are awesome because they have this rhythm to their life. They have this rhythm to life and work. They don't just stay in the harbor, right? They don't just stay in the harbor, but they go out onto the wild sea. They go out into that place, out into the wild sea where they're going out and then coming back again. They're going out and then coming back again. There's this rhythm of coming and going. 
But fishing boats, they're not made, are they, to stay in the harbour, to rest in the harbour, just to be there constantly. Otherwise, it's not a fishing boat, right? Its, pur- its purpose isn't achieved. The harbour and those in it, they don't exist just for themselves. They have this lifestyle of risk, of stepping out, of adventure. And as they do that, others are blessed through that. Other people, sure, they're blessed through it, but others are blessed through that as well. All the bounty of the sea comes into the harbour and then is, it goes out from that place. There are boats in the harbour that are being built, new boats that are being built from scratch in shipyards, all kinds of boats with all kinds of purposes and all kinds of destinies. There are also old boats that are there that are pretty beaten up, been knocked about out in the storms. They're being restored, they're being repurposed, they're being rebuilt, they're getting put back into the water. There are ships in the harbour that are being resourced and they're being stocked up and their crews are being brought on board and the crews are being trained up for long adventures expeditions that maybe some of these boats will never return from maybe they will never come back from where the dangers of what they're going into or the risks of what they're going into are not known ships being sent out to discover being sent out to adventure so the harbor is also this place of sending of sending out on the docks i see this picture of these old hands experience experienced sailors they're teaching the younger generation, bringing up the younger generation, how to fish, how to build boats, how to navigate the waters of the sea, how to survive in the storm. Ships in the harbor as well are unloading cargoes, right? It's a place of cargo. We know it in Hong Kong, right? It's a place of cargo coming in. There's this great wealth from all over the world that passes through the harbor. If it stayed in the harbor, people would probably stop using that harbor, right? It passes through the harbour and goes out the other side. The people of the harbour administer this wealth, or some of the people there, with diligence and integrity and accountability. The harbour is this beautiful place of confluence, of peoples coming together. Harbours have always been that place where many different nationalities are there from all over the world, many cultures and tastes and personalities and histories, lots of diversity in one place, but with that unifying factor of they're all kind of people of the sea, in a sense. The harbour, it's not got a closed mouth, does it? Because it's got a closed mouth, it's not a harbour. A harbour has an open mouth, an open mouth where people can go out from and depart from, but it's not just a place of sending out. Its mouth, its open mouth to the sea, is also like wide, welcoming arms. It's not just a place of looking out. It's also a place of incoming. It's a place of welcome. And so the harbour lights, you imagine this, now it's a storm out at sea. The harbour lights illuminate the darkness. As that storm rages out there, and there's the sailor or the person, that boat out there in the sea getting battered, out in the storm, not knowing which way to turn, not knowing what what their hope is, feeling completely hopeless that death is the only thing in front of them. And then there's those lights, the lights of the harbor, the lights of the harbor. And for those, as the storm rages there and the light shines in the darkness, there is the promise of safety in the harbor. There's the promise of security, promise of rescue. The harbor is this place of refuge. I love that picture. Maybe some of you guys have found that. It's a place where the challenged sailor, the tormented sailor, the tired person 
sees the light and the darkness, the hope of salvation, and that battered and broken ship can come into the harbour. Find a safe haven, find a place to rest, be be fed, find a place to relax, be restored, find a place to rebuild, maybe even find a place to settle and call their home. See, harbours don't exist to keep people. They don't exist to keep people. That's why we're not really about, and you've heard me say it sometimes, we're not really about bums on seats. We want to see many people saved, but if they, and we'd love for them to stay with us, but if they decide they need to move country or they want to go to a different church, that's fine. Harbors aren't about keeping people. They exist to serve people. They give purpose to people. They do give purpose to people, these harbors. They send people out. Destinies are stepped into, actually literally stepped into. It could be a thing in the heart for a while, but from the harbor, people step into their destinies. And I'm sure you guys can think of so many amazing things around the world, so many countries founded where people have gone on a boat and as they've left in that boat, stepped out from the harbor, the whole world has been changed. You fast forward 100 years, fast forward 200 years, and you see a destiny has been made. Harbors are exciting places to be really exciting this picture of harbor then is this metaphor of a very real multifaceted life of the church it's this story this rich narrative that we find our place in that we get to live out not for our glory or the glory of the church but for his glory because ultimately this harbor is the king's harbor isn't it so we're focused on him first it's the king's harbor we're all living and working in the king's harbor to see his kingdom come see it flourish to see it spread so guys as i shared that the picture right the the vision picture of harbor i'm sure you guys maybe saw different things in there for yourself there's pictures there of fellowship you know the tavern there's pictures of discipleship building the boats building people up pictures of church planting and missions going out being sent out calling people into their destinies, care for the afflicted, people coming in from the storm, the evangelism, the lights in the darkness, seeing the lost one. I want to share a few kind of key highlights from that picture just to speak to, speak, speak to a few different areas of it. And these highlights, things like community. Okay? Harbour speaks of this community that doesn't exist for itself. It doesn't exist for itself because it's part of something bigger. It's got a larger goal. The harbor is goal isn't community, and yet it's an amazing community. There's a grander purpose, a grander destiny. So community comes when we first focus on him, focus on being his family. That's what we spoke about last week, and actually from doing the things that he's calling us into. This shared, genuine endeavor builds community. It's a living community that takes risks together, supports one another, holds one another when it's tough, cries together, moves forward together, and through their life, they bless others. Also, this equipping for the works of ministry. The harbor speaks of people who are trained up and equipped and sent out. Some sent out indefinitely, but the majority is part of that fishing boat picture I shared of 
going out and coming back, going out and coming back. And a church is not for me to do ministry and you guys go and find people and bring them here or recommend to come to church, although that's fine and that's, that's cool, that's one part of it. But really church is about me equipping you and me and others, right? Equipping you guys to do the works of the ministry. That's what it speaks about in Ephesians, that you would be equipped for the works of ministry. My hope is that we're going to have more people coming to faith through the week as we grow outside that you've led to faith than would come to faith on a Sunday, that we'll see more people being healed and having a word of wisdom that just breaks through a situation and challenge because you guys are out there, out there on the sea, right? Out there in the world, out there in those places which can be challenging and seeing his kingdom come. I said last week about our, the, the local church, the hope for the world. It's God's vehicle for bringing transformation to the world. That's why we love it. And that also the church isn't a building or a meeting, but that actually you are the church. The church is a people. You're the church. You're the hope. You're the hope in your worlds. And there's certain worlds that you're all part of that I would never be able to connect with. And maybe some of those guys would never even come into this place. Right? You going out into your worlds every week, getting stuck in, seeing the kingdom come, revealing the gospel will transform Hong Kong. And so when we say, when we say equipping and we say, okay, well, we'll do some things of equipping and, and growing and discipleship, what are we talking about? Well, it's growing in the word. It's growing in our faith and our grounding in him. But it's also things a bit more practical, like operating in the gifts of the spirit, how to pray for people, okay? How to pray for someone who has no faith, how to get into that conversation, how to disciple people, how to share your faith. Things around the prophetic, how to give a word of wisdom, how to give a word of knowledge, all sorts of things. And maybe for some people, it will be a little bit more specific and such as for some people, it may be equipping and training and building up in areas of preaching, which blesses the church, preaching and teaching rather than out there. Trust me, I tried it. If you go and preach to someone, they, they don't like it. We want to see young people equipped. That's so much on my heart. We want to see young people equipped. This isn't just about equipping you guys. It's about equipping young people, children, youth, that they, that they have a confidence in God, that they have a real confidence in seeing and stepping out and having a relationship with him that they could speak to, they could speak to their friends. They could tell their friends the gospel. They could lead their friends to faith. We want to see young people equipped to be wise decision makers, strong leaders and world changers where they don't need to go through all the, all the crazy stuff and then, then, then they can suddenly start hearing about God when later on in life. We want, to, we want them to know from the beginning. Sometimes there's still some crazy stuff, but that's okay. We love them. That's grace. I was crazy. Another thing, church planting and missions, that sending out, you know, this excites me. The harbor speaks of sending people out, that people are going. It's this heart, our heart, to reach Asia and beyond. I'm dreaming, guys, and it seems like crazy at this stage, but I'm dreaming to see Destiny Bangkok, Destiny Singapore. I'm dreaming to see things like Destiny Saigon, Destiny Phnom Penh. Right? <laughs> How about Destiny Fiji? Who wants to go do that? Right? You know, we want to train up and we want to support and release people to go off 
and ch- as church planters, maybe as well on church planting missions, where they're not the like the pastor staying in that place, but they're finding local leaders, raising them up, seeing churches planted, communities of faith planted around Asia and further afield, that we just see such an incredible impact in the world. The, the local church is the hope for the world. We'll see places transformed as the church spreads. So this is something I'll speak to. It's not maybe a big focus for this year, but it's going to be a thing that we're going to be building, that we're going to be praying for. Please be praying for that, guys. Please be praying for that. Also, we have a passion to grow as a church in Hong Kong. Destiny Church Hong Kong. You notice it's not Destiny Church Sai Kung. Destiny Church Hong Kong. That we're here to reach the city. And so, what does that kind of, what does that look like? Not different churches, but that would be one church in many locations. This is how I feel God's leading us at the moment. It looks like us growing, but as we grow, not saying, okay, we've got too big for Sai Kung, let's move somewhere else where they've got a big building. But that Sai Kung stays and grows, and then we start somewhere else. And then that local community can grow and reach and impact their community and their worlds. Maybe some people here, as I speak about planting and church planting, you feel called. Hey, I want to do church planting. I feel God's calling me into that. Let me know. Let's have a chat. Maybe these kind of location pastor things is a good thing to step into. Now, logistically, it's actually not too simple having multiple sites, but it's not, you know, it's not the easiest, but it does mean this beautiful, growing community, this fellowship together, where actually quite often, for the most part, we know a majority of the people there in the church. So our vision is to see the kingdom come. We want to see thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people coming to faith, coming to know him. But we also want to make sure that people grow in a good way. We want to make sure they're discipled well. We want to treasure relationships as we grow. And I'm excited with what the future holds because I think God can do amazing things through people who are just saying yes to him. You know, there are folk in this room who, as I've been speaking, maybe it's something tingling in your heart. You know that in years to come, you may be stepping out in ministry. You may be doing this kind of thing. And I'm excited because God always brings the right people for the right moment. And so I just, that you guys are just incredible. I was just praying about it the other day, and I just think you guys uh, are great. And I love to see how God brings different people and that the resources of actually moving his stuff forward are always within us, that we never to be like, oh, if only we could get this thing or if only we could do this thing. But for the next step, everything we've got, he's given us. Resources, right? The harbor, it speaks of a place of industry, of wealth, of that, of of great wealth flowing through it. And I think that's the key thing, this great wealth flowing through it. Harbors administer wealth. You know, I would love for us to get to a point where God can trust us enough, where, and we've got the accountable system set up enough that God could give us a 10 million, like 10 million US dollars at breakfast, And by dinner time, we've already given it away because we're so much in a place where when something comes in, we're saying, okay, God, we don't think, oh, hey, we can like build that auditorium or something like that. We don't want to be a pond. We want to be a river. 
that it comes in we say god where do you want this and he may say i need this money there that we could be that be that church for god that maybe we would even see more money come through us than we would ever hold on to that we would be known for that and actually we had a word about that that was on my heart of being a resource when we came here and someone actually gave us a word about that before we came here that they really felt that we as a church would be a church that funneled resources and funneled wealth to different places conduit of heaven's resources the harbor speaks of balance it's this environment of balance if you think of harbor they straddle the sea and the land don't they it's that gap between the two it's this place of salt and earth it's a place a harbor of equipping and challenging but then also of healing and restoration and rebuilding it's this environment of family and fellowship and those who are based in that place but it's also a place of mission and planning and endeavor and going out into challenging things and adventurous things. It's a place of coming in and it's a place going out. And some of you guys may have seen our vision video on the, on the website and something I haven't touched on so far in this vision mini-series. Three words we use in the vision video, it's all to do with balance. Three things that are so important and it's up, in and out. Up, in and out. So up speaks to us as a community being first and foremost focused up, okay? Being focused on intimacy with God. So up is about our pursuit of his presence. Up is about us seeking, seeing ourselves as his family, treating each other as he would see each other. It's, it's from this place of seeking God first, okay? It's the up. And then in it highlights this need for an inward focus like that's us looking at each other in inside the church focus on ourselves as a church community on taking time this treasuring of relationships focusing on fellowship on family on caring for each other on discipleship of building people up it speaks of us building each other up of discipling each other of growing in the word looking out for each other looking after each other right that it's not just a religious thing, but there's actually a lot of just standard life stuff. We've got to look after each other, loving each other, being a genuine, authentic family together as a church family. And then out highlights the need of us to be outward focused, that we don't exist for ourselves, but rather that we're blessed to be a blessing, that we're blessed to be a blessing, that we have this view of actually as this community to see the kingdom come to see people come to faith to pray for that to pursue that to see the power of god impact communities to see churches planted and the kingdom advance and so having these three things in balance are so important up in out they're so important because if you have the up and you have the in but actually the out you don't have the out that's imbalanced just makes us a holy huddle makes us just a bunch of people who love to come around and sing kumbaya and then forget about the world pull up the drawbridge you know pull up the drawbridge say whoa world you stay to yourself you're too ugly i love some of the stories that i hear from you guys about sharing your faith about being in situations where you could easily be like actually no i'm just going to ignore that where you get stuck in and you're the light in that darkness we're already doing it living these kingdom-minded lives in the midst of our work in the midst of our in the midst of our friendship groups in the midst of our families i love how you guys are going out and bringing the kingdom into those spaces 
in different ways, being that light in the darkness. So important. We've got to have the out. Up and out without the in, right? So if you have up and out without the in, it makes us in a good place with God. We're like, well, you know, we're, we're pumped in a sense to do with our, our connection with God. And we're very driven to see the kingdom come. Great things. People are saved. They often describe this as a big front door to the church and a big back door to the church. Because people come in, you know, they come into church and they don't find fellowship. They don't find that they've been cared for. They don't find those, especially those who really need that, don't find they've been loved. Sometimes this kind of church actually suits, suits some people, but it's not us. I believe it's imbalanced. It's not a place where people are discipled and grown into, the mature, into maturity in faith. They don't find family. You know, they find that they've joined a task force or a military unit rather than they've joined the family of God. <laughs> people are too busy pushing forward to win people and to make sure that those who are one are winning, right? That folk can be left without strong discipleship and the care that they need. So it's so important we hold all these things in balance. Lastly, in and out without the up. So that's in and out without the up. Just another good organization. Cut the tether to, cut the tether to heaven. Everything's in our strength. We don't live from a place where we understand that our identity is a child of God and that informs how we live. That informs our decisions. That informs what we do. God's children here in this place. And it can actually limit our effectiveness because we aren't looking at what God wants to do or what he's calling us into. We're looking at what we can do. We're looking at what resources we have in our bank account. We're letting our resources determine our plans as opposed to letting his word determine our plans. And he's got to sort the resources out. We limit God. And so it's so important we never do that. So having these things in balance is crucial for us to move forward healthily as a church. If any of them get dropped, some aspect is going to suffer. So guys, lastly, whilst there's more to draw from on this metaphorical picture of harbour, I just want to share one last thing. And it's harbours are this place of diversity. Harbours are multi-generational. It's not like one kind of person in one, like that. It's everyone's there. They're multi-generational, from young to old, live there and they thrive there. Harbours are multinational. They're that confluence of peoples from all over the world coming together. No. I was chat we were chatting the other day about the different kinds of nationalities here. It's actually, for a church of our size, it's ridiculous how many different nationalities that there are in this church. You know, sometimes you go to church of hundreds and there's maybe like two nationalities in the church. It reflects Hong Kong. We are a multinational church. And I love this picture of harbour because it is a living vision. It's a living vision. It's not some stuff that we're trying to achieve. It's who we are and who we're becoming. You know, we see it in Hong Kong, our home. Hong Kong has always been a harbor, but it's not always looked the same. Hong Kong has been this harbor and it's had this heart for a harbor. And you know, a hundred years ago, it looked different, but it still had that heart of a harbor. And today, it's very different, but we have that heart of a harbor. And this vision of harbor is going to carry us forward into the decades ahead where we, as the family of God, focused on him first, focused on his presence, living in his presence, living in this lifestyle of the harbor, 
So I thank you guys who have already joined, right? who have already said, I want to be involved. This is my church. We love you. We're on the journey with you. Guys, I thank you for that because so, like, sometimes it didn't even look like anything. Right? It's like a room in a house. So I really thank you for that because it's not easy to join, get on board with a church plant. And if you're here today and you're like, I'd love to join that, you are more than welcome. More than welcome. Before I end, I uh, want to share three practical things. That's kind of the end of the vision part, but I know people love doing stuff, right? So I want to share three practical things that God's just been really putting on my heart for this year to say, James, you need to build this in the church this year. Because actually, whilst we are founders as a church, we're planted, we're still we're still building, right? We're still in a very much like a growing, a growing phase. And so the Lord's spoken to me about three, three particular things that will be, will be known for, well, two specifically that will be known for, and that will be, but all of them will be pillars of strength in the church, that they're going to bless you and also challenge you. That's, that's how we, that's what we like. These three things that we want to be launching this year, it's Destiny Children's Church, like officially, on a, on a, on a bigger scale, Destiny Youth, and also, also our small groups, of which some of you guys know we, we kind of started them a little while ago, but we're going we're gonna to go back into them again and really do a drive for that. So it's going to come with some challenges, like we don't have enough space to do a big kids' church at the moment, but God's going to provide. So we're not going to let the resource limit where God's calling us to go to. It's going to come with some challenge, maybe folks signing up to serve, right? getting involved, being part of the children's church team. But we've got this heart for families. We've got this heart for families. And to be authentic, we've got to serve and bless the families in this area, in, in Saikung. It's such a family hotspot. It's so important that as a church community, children and youth can come and join, can come and be part of us, that families with children, that they can come in and feel welcomed, feel embraced, and that those kids can be brought up incredibly in God, incredibly. You know, we want to be authentic and relevant to children sometimes it's harder right than being authentic and relevant for you guys that to be authentic and relevant to kids that they get so engaged with God that they have an amazing relationship with him that it has a significant impact in their lives I know people in my youth if they didn't do the things that they did I wouldn't be standing here planting a church in Hong Kong it's a few decisions can change a life and so I just really want to encourage you guys to to be, be generous with your time, get stuck in with that. As we grow, these are going to be pillars of strength for us as a church and also this great blessing for the community in Saikung. And then, so that's children's church and youth church, but then also the small groups. Small groups are this, is this other pillar. It's going to be one of the core elements for us as a church to grow strong, to grow in strength and refine us and disciple ourselves and i'm just going to give a little overview to what it is but i'm going to share a bit more down the line okay so you'll probably have some some questions around this that these groups would be there'd be same gender groups and they'd be particularly small okay there'd be no more than four people so it could be two three or four people and so if you've been to home groups before in different churches 
it sounds very it sounds very different right it's it's a bit less focused on the social aspect of it and i just want to speak to that because our current size at the moment we do social you know we we do social together every single sunday prioritize this we go for lunch together after church if you're new today you are more than welcome to come for lunch we, we go for lunches together we spend time together and the thing that's beautiful about us and i think our heart is rela- relationships happen okay relationships happen so spend time together include new people in your plans i obviously things that avoid cliques but you know i love it when i hear of folk in church who've maybe got together and they're doing something and i'm not invited no you can invite me to stuff i love being invited but i love that i'm like people are people are like doing stuff and living life and doing things together i think that's great you can still invite me to stuff so why four people or or less just in that there's actually quite there's a few reasons one of them is actually relationships because some people in a larger group really struggle with the relationship side of things and so maybe there's 15 20 folk and it's easy for them to be like i don't need to be here and then they they stop coming or drift away two three or four people even those folk who maybe struggle a bit but maybe are a bit shy they get drawn in really well into relationship flexibility as well hong kong you guys work in hong kong you know or not actually you don't even need to work right that hong kong is just a crazy busy place and so i want to make these groups as flexible as possible so that you guys can all be part of them you know we could just say no they're going to be on this time on this day every week and then they're completely inflexible but with actually just a few people just a few folk it's amazing because it's just like meeting up with friends and so it's like actually sorry something's just come up at the office can we postpone till tomorrow can we knock it back Uh, i've just been asked to do a meeting in this place could we relocate and do our do our meet up in in this part of town you can do it anywhere they're they're to be very flexible and then commitment as well right i said last week invest do you remember me saying for those of you here last week invest in these small groups that they're not for you They're not an optional extra for you to go to if you fancy getting something in the week. It's actually for you to go to so that you can bless somebody else. It's about you going to bless someone else, not so that you can take from others, but actually so that you could give to others. And so there's this beautiful thing of commitment because it just makes meeting up, right? It's never a hardship for people to get together. I've done it before, like, oh, I'm tired. I'm just going to skip it today, you know? I won't do that. Maybe you're completely annihilated and you need to say to your friends, you know, guys, do you mind if we reschedule? Because I'm just, I just can't, I, I'm too tired. You can do it over a table in a restaurant if you felt comfortable with that. And then safe and confidential as well. That's why we have less people. One of the core aspects of these group is to allow space and time for people to be accountable to each other, for people to be open with each other, to share, I don't really like that word confess, right? But like to, to bring those things out and share with each other the challenges. And that's massive. People need that. People need that opportunity and that moment to share. It's a moment where people can be open about struggles, can be open about challenges, and actually as well be held to account for the, for the things that, that are going on, right? Things that they're saying that they want to do. Hey, I really feel God's calling me into this. Oh, that's great. But... Do you have someone there next week saying, hey man, I've been praying for you. How are you doing in that? There's this great strength building potential that actually every week is like going to the gym, you know, as opposed to just going to the restaurant, right? That we're building strong. 
we can be vulnerable with each other. It's engaging as well. These groups, they can be so engaging. I've, I've been to these places sometimes where, or I've, I used to run a home group, right, where there were sometimes people there that wouldn't share anything. Or, and I understand and I chat and I don't feel comfortable sharing amongst 15 people. I get that. But actually with three, four people, so easy to share. And you've got more opportunity to share. It can be challenging. Right? That we can challenge each other in love and respect. They can be honing that verse as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. It's this amazing weekly moment with prayer, accountability, and also being in the scriptures where we can point each other back into his presence, where we'll sharpen each other, not, not necessarily to become better Bible scholars, although we'll grow in the word, but actually just to get strong in him and mature in him. So guys, I'm going to share more about those kind of groups in the coming weeks that and how we can begin launching them and getting involved. But my, my heart is please don't consider them as optional. We're going to make them as flexible as possible, but please don't see them as an optional extra. It's not a service. You know? It's part of who we are. It's essential. Guys, I'm excited about the year ahead. We're going to see more people join. When you see them come in, welcome them. Be, be who you are. Love them. We're going to grow. We're going to be stretched. Some of you guys maybe going to be stretched more than others. Maybe some challenges, right? Be praying. I want to encourage you guys, be praying for salvations. It's great when people come here and they move to the area and they join the church or something like that or, you know, that, those kind of things. And I get sometimes people move churches. And, but be praying for salvations, right? We don't want to just be shuffling cards in a deck. We want to see people who have either walked away from church, coming back to church. We want to see people who have no relationship with God coming back into his presence. That's exciting. Do you see how those few plans, this children's church, youth church, the small groups, they're authentic, they're coherent with this vision of family and harbour. If you're here today, we're just going to have a little bit of a response time to do with that. And I know that there was a lot of stuff in that. I know there's a lot of things there. And so I just want to bring you back to just dwelling on family, family, that we're the family of God, focused on him first, that we're living this harbor life okay, here in this place. If you're here today and you're thinking, or you're listening to the podcast, I don't know Jesus, and I want to start this relationship with him today. I want to invite you to pray this prayer after me. Pray this with me. Pray under your breath, that's fine. And if you're on the podcast, send me a message. Say, hey, I prayed this. If you're here, come and speak to me afterwards. Just, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me. Thank you that you paid the price for my sin so that I could be called righteous before God, that I could be called child of God. Thank you because of what you did. I can have eternal life. I choose to put my trust in you today. I choose to follow you today. I choose to make you Lord of my life today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 
So guys, at this, the end of this mini-series on vision, just ask yourselves, if you've been coming here a few times and you're not sure if this is your church, ask yourselves, are you on board? Is this something that you want to be part of? You feel called to get involved and in, get stuck into? It's where we're going, guys. That's where we're going. It's where we're heading. And if, if not, that's fine. There's another awesome church that's going to be your family. Do you want to join us in this? And I also want to challenge you guys, make yourselves available because this is about us moving forward together. Will you serve? And I, I know many of you guys have pestered me to serve and I thank you for that. If you feel today that you're called into a place of planting, church planting, just in a place of sent, sent ministry, come and speak to me. Come and speak to me. Doesn't mean I'm going to send you out tomorrow. You know? we, uh, came to, we, we came to a point where God called us in 2009. We didn't leave till 2013. But if God's speaking to you about that, even in the weeks to come, come and speak to me. Let's talk. Just have a moment now, wherever, wherever you're at, whatever's going on, going on in your head, just to respond to God, just to respond to him today. Maybe there was something I shared that just hit your heart. Maybe about being in his presence first, focusing on his presence first. Maybe it was about the worship and actually you've got more anxiety. You're looking at the anxiety and the worry and the storm as opposed to, to him. Wherever you're at today, just have that moment with him. Father, I thank you, God. I thank you for today. I thank you for the privilege of joining in with your vision. Lord, I thank you that you have incredible plans to do. Lord, I pray that for each of us here, Lord, that you would just keep, keep us in that place where we're just always willing to say yes, Lord. Lord, that we're moving forward together. Lord, that we're treasuring relationship and we're seeing your kingdom come. Lord, I thank you for this beautiful, rich story, God, that you've given us that we can live out. Lord, and I, I just, Lord, I pray for every single person here that they would just be filled with that, with that peace, God. Lord, I pray that that beautiful tapestry, Lord, that, that picture, God, would just weave into each of their hearts, Lord, that we would catch this, this vision, God, of being someone, Lord, being a people here in this place, God. Lord, I pray that that, that whole vision would just be caught by people and be caught by people who are coming into this place, God. I thank you, Jesus. And I just pray for each and every single person here, just your rest on them just now, God. Your rest. Yes, Jesus. In your mighty name, God. Amen. So Father, I just, um, Lord, I just pray, Lord, I just pray that um, as we go out from this place, God, that you would just bless us, God. Lord, that you, Lord, you're the Prince of Peace. And I just pray for each of us that you just bless us with your peace in your great and awesome and mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.